I seem a little echoey. I'm not sure, I'm not sure if you guys are hearing, hearing that like me, me, but. Well, good morning. We're going to continue our journey in James. I'm Pastor Tony. And uh, greetings, greetings, greetings to those on the web, greetings to our visitors. Um, you've been prayed for this morning. I think you kind of automatically know that, but, but you really have. And God goes before us, and you know, how I, you know how I believe. I believe biblically, I believe scripturally that God places exactly how he pleases. And as your heart was drawn here this morning, it wasn't by happenstance. It was from God. It was from God. And so this morning, as we look at his word, I do take a deep breath, and I know that the air that comes out of my lungs as I say this, we're entering into a time that we literally hear God's word, his word, his word. I mean, like, this is him speaking when we read James. That can seem crazy sometimes. To think that God would actually proclaim himself from his word. Now, I know some of you are going, well, of course he does, Pastor Tony. Well, I know. I know he does. But just take that in a minute. Because if we're not here by mistake, which we're not, and we're all gathered together to worship him in song, in his word, in fellowship, he's going to speak to us this morning. Now, as strange as that might seem to some, take a deep breath and let him speak through his word. Amen? Father God, we claim this morning to your glory. We claim your word because you've given it. There's no mistaken in the things that you speak to us, not even for this moment, this very moment, that you are a God of eternity, of, of the past, of the now, of the future. You know even the now, every person in this place that is gathered together, and this morning as we worship you, and we, we go into James 3 from your word, may it be so, that we'd be hearers of your word, we'd be doers of your word, that we would receive with gladness what you have to say with us, and that we would put it into action. We love you. We praise you. We claim it to your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. We've been talking about God sightings, and we've been talking about looking to see what God is doing around us and, and to get in on that. And uh, most of you have been in that journey, and we've been having testimonies and thoughts and, and times and, and a witness to how God does work around us in our everyday lives. And I want us to continue to do that. Keep, keep looking for God. And, you know, I know sometimes you might think, you know, you have to look for God. Well, mostly not. Mostly we don't have to really look for God. Because it depends on where we're at and our relationship with him. And if I'm walking with him and I'm in prayer and I'm reading his word and I'm acting on his word, then guess what? I'll see God working all around me just because of what he's doing in me. And we've been talking about that. You're going to see in a minute. I'll, I'll put that statement together with James 1 and 2 in a moment. Because it's, it, it's, it's very interesting how God works things out in our life when it comes to trials and tribulations and temptations and things like that. So we started off, just a real quick recap, we started off with James 1, and 
uh, I, I encountered it, counted all joy, but that's what James says, counted all joy when we're tested in our faith. For the testing of our faith produces patience or perseverance that, remember, that must finish its work. When we're tested in our faith, it must finish its work. God has allowed these things into our life. Sometimes I know you just like want to scream because it's like, well, God wouldn't let tragedy come into my life. He wouldn't let things come in that just would seemingly hurt me. And a loving God allows these things, though, so that we will understand and know that we can draw near to him and that we must trust him no matter what adversity comes our way. No matter what trial we fall into, because every one of us will fall into trials, and God allows them. And I, I just, I'm speaking transparent again. That's crazy to me sometimes. It's hard for me to grab. It is. And not only does God allow trials into our life, but in these trials that are testing my faith, and as my, my faith is tested, and all of a sudden I get these desires within me to be tempted to fall in and do stuff that I shouldn't do. I know I shouldn't do it, and it's going to mess me up. And the next thing you know, I cross this line, and boom. And James says that that comes from the selfish desires that's within us. Hmm. So for the most part, not all, everything, I mean, I'm not God, and it, you know, but for the most part, when we fall into these temptations and trials, the very thing God, watch this, what is God trying to work out of us? What is he trying to accomplish that we trust him? But ultimately, what he's doing is working out what's in us to be more Christ-like, not the other people. You ever have a trial, something happened to you in life, right? Something happens to you and, and you, you, you know, you were wronged or someone falsely accused you. James would say, you know what, guess what? Worry about yourself. And you go, well, no, but it's not fair. You ever, who's ever said it's not fair? It's not fair. Two people. That's, uh-huh. I would gather to guess, if I can say it that way, that probably there's at least one time every single day of our life that we go, well, that's not really fair. Someone cut you off at Walmart. They, they skip line or someone cut you off traveling or whatever. Probably about once a day, that's not fair. Then we look at James 2, and he, James talks about living a life of faith, and he, he talked to us about showing no partiality and that faith without works is dead. And, and really to kind of summarize that, is to say, again, it goes right back to us. Partiality comes from us. When we see someone or something and we go, we go, that's not right or that person's poor or that person's rich or I wish I had that or I wish I had this and, and, and we go, you know, well, uh, I should have got the, the raise when my coworker got the raise and we start looking people with partiality. Um, if someone, the Bible specifically says, if someone walked into those doors and they had rags and, and, and dirty clothes on that we would treat the rich person that was uh, well-dressed and looked like they had money better. That's partiality. But even James and James too said, is it not those things that are in you that are partial? For the most part. See what God's doing here? He wants to work out in us. And as hard as it is, going into James 3, we're going to really hit this hard today. As it hit me first hard, James is my life book, so I know James fairly well. It's gotten me through life as a, as a believer. It really has. There's many times, even I was a year old in Christ when James became 
my life verse and life book. And, and James and the Spirit of God and the Word of God, of course, through the writing of James, just kept me on track and putting things into proper perspective. No one has it all together. You know, I think a lot of times what happens to us when we're, when we're growing spiritually or desire to grow to be more like Christ is sometimes when these things come against us, we want to pretend they don't exist or uh, we don't want to show others that we seem weak or that we need help. Um, and I, under, I understand that, but that's what the body of Christ is for. That's why we come together. The, the, the Bible tells us we come together to edify one another, to equip one another, to build one another up. And, and that's the, 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 the purpose of, when I say you were prayed for this morning, that's, that's coming together. And that's glorifying God. And that, so we're going to go into James 3. Here we go. It says this. My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths, that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships. Although they are so large and driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder, wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a force a little... See how great a forest, a little fire kindles, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature, and it sets on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird and reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no man can tame the tongue. It is unruly, evil, full of deadly poison. With it, we bless our God and Father, and with it, we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing, my brethren. These things ought not to be so. Does a spring set forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives, or a grapevine bear figs? Thus, no spring yields both salt, water, and fresh. James has a lot that he's trying to tell us here, and we're not going to dive into its entirety because we would be here about four or five hours, and then we'd probably still be just scratching the surface. But I want us to look at a couple of things that's going on here. When he says, don't desire to become a teacher, if you look back at the, this day, especially who James is talking about, it was the early church. And there probably was a lot more interaction with people. Um, for example, if, uh, if someone had a word to say or, or something they wanted to share or be a witness, um, they might just stand up and speak that quite often back in, in these times especially. And the church is going and is rolling. And the bottom line is, though, he's just saying, you know what? Be careful because if you have a tendency to talk a lot, chances are you might just get up and speak the wrong thing. Chances are you need to be very careful what you say because what you say matters. Now, I want us to think about this. The Bible tells us that God created the heaven and the earth, right? The heavens and the earth. 
How did he do it? By a word. He breathed into us life. How did he do it? By gathering the dust and the breath. By his word. We're created. We're living. We're alive. God created us in his image. Words matter. The words we say matter more than we probably realize and we need to be reminded this morning. He says, if anyone does not stumble in the word, he's a perfect man, able to bridle the whole body. And what he's saying in reference there is no one can be perfected, of course. I can't be perfected. You can't. And and saying everything perfectly. But the bottom line is, it goes back to that saying, and sometimes people go, you know, when I say this, but I, I really do believe it. And I try to put it, this, what I'm fixing to say into our modern communication. And what I mean by that is so that we understand it for this time and and day, right? So here's my saying. If you don't know what to say, or if you're confronted by trials in your life or temptations in your life, and you don't know what to say, shut up. Just shut your mouth. Because 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 I and, and we need to realize that when we speak things, the things that come out of our, our mouth set the course of our life. The things that we say, in a sense, become reality. That's how powerful words are. You ever told someone something, uh, you didn't like this, or uh, early on I might have, uh, just just came to me, like if I didn't realize that when Trish and I were first married, she put something on, like a, a dress or something, and she goes, well, what do you think? And I go, well, you know, I really don't like, you don't, you don't do that. You know, you know what I mean? Does this make me look big? No, 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 no. And, and, and think, you ever do that or you ever have a boss ask you a question or, or a friend and, and you just kind of like flippantly responded and then you got in like all kinds of trouble? You ever do that? Verse, verse 5, even so the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how a great force, a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire, a world of, iniqui- a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among the members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature or life. That's, that's God's words, not mine. So when we're confronted with trials and temptations in our life, James 1, and when we realize that God is in full control, I know it's hard, but he is. And when these things come and confront us, whether our fault or not, and God says, you must mature in this. You must trust me. And you tr- how do you trust God? By knowing his word and allowing the spirit of God to reveal the revelation of that word to us. That we might gain knowledge from the word of God. And the spirit of God will turn that into wisdom. And that wisdom is what we do when we're walking through and trusting God in that trial and tribulation. When we're tempted, we just trust God. God says, don't do it, don't do it. Don't do it. I gotta, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to be obedient to your word. Whether it feels like I don't want to do it or not, whether I want to do it or not, I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to be obedient. Then the next thing you know, you can tell if you're struggling because sometimes we can't. We can't. I mean that. Sometimes we're in the middle of something you can't even, you, you know what I mean. You don't, you don't really know it until someone tells you. Or, but sometimes when we're struggling, if you want to know a, a key way to tell, <clears throat> lest I live one, 
that's a saying, or be one, is when you start projecting. When you find yourself in life being critical and judgmental and start projecting, it's, it's their fault. It's, that, it's my boss's fault. It's Trisha's fault. It's, it's my children's fault. It's the car's fault. It's the job's fault. Now, there might be a lot of issues, right? You understand what I mean? There might be a lot of stuff really going on. I'm not saying life's not real, like that video. But we have one or two things we can do. Like the video, we can just pretend nothing ever happened. Woohoo! This is all, it's all, it's all good. Or we can take that deep breath and say, okay, God, what are you speaking to me? Well, James is telling us here to watch our mouth. As we're pushing through and trusting God, keep our mouth shut. And when you need to speak, speak his wisdom. Be quick to hear and slow to speak. Speak his wisdom, his word. A gentle voice turns away wrath. The Bible says a gentle, a gentle voice. I'm glad I never raised my voice on Trish. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how it works, but um, who, here, who here would say you're, you're the one that you have a lot of stuff in your life? We all do. But you're the one that just lets it happen and happen and happen and happen, and it, you don't really respond too much to these things until all of a sudden it gets so much in your life and so big, you're kind of like, ah! who does that? You kind of just strike out. I have a tendency to do that. I, I, I just do. I mean, I mean, I trust God, and I'm becoming more like him, more Christ-like as I grow and mature through trials and faith, trials and, and building my faith in my life. But, um, well, I tell you, I got to take a deep breath all the time. This week, I've tried. Could you tell Trish that I was um, trying to shut my mouth a lot this week? Could you? Because I'd go to go, ah. I'm, I'm just being transparent, just some. There, there's, I can remember many times. I'd go, ah. and I'd just shut my mouth. Go on to verse 8. But no man can tame the tongue. It is unruly, evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. And that's the, that's the thing we need to grab. You know, when we have a tendency to start projecting because we're going through a trial in our life or we're being tempted and we have a a tendency to be critical and judgmental and we have a tendency to start projecting it's your fault, not my fault, because I don't want you to see my sin. That's why we project. I, I don't want you to see my sin. And if I project onto you, I believe what's happening is you can't see me. But if I get the attention on you, anyone hearing me this morning? And, and we know we're in a little bit of trouble when we get to that place because then we have a tendency at that place to run our mouth. And, and this is where I get a, a stern warning from, from James. This, is, this is, to me, is, is powerful. And when I get to that place of being critical and judgmental and start to project that it's not, not my fault, it's not my selfish desires, but it's the world. And, the world, you know, we have everything from the world owes me to this ain't right or I've been mistreated or, or you know, it's not fair, got into this accident. And, and, but the next thing I know, I start to speak and I don't shut my mouth. And I start the things I say, though, I'm, I'm, I can't take back. 
and we start saying things that get us into trouble. Uh, it could be anything from filling out a police report, and we just start, yeah, blah, blah, you know, we're just saying all this stuff, and we, we th- or we're mad at someone, and we say things that we don't really mean, or maybe we do mean them, but we really should have never said, said them. We should have worked that out in our heart between us and God. You, you, you see it? And, and that's, you guys, don't grab this and dwell on it, but this is just a moment. Don't dwell on this, but I say reflect on this right here. If you find yourself stuck in a trial or a temptation in life right now, it seems like no matter what you do, it just keeps coming back over and over. You understand what I'm saying? Take a deep breath, no, no, seriously, and ask God, where have I in the past spoke this in my future? Now, I don't know, I don't know if that's deep to you, it's deep to me. But where in my past have I spoke this into my future? You want a good one? Take this for what it is. Just take a deep breath. A lot of times you can look back at our children, and you can see uh, things in our children, whether young or old, actually, or older, but you can see things in our children that you just go, you know, why, why is that in you? Why do you act that way? Or why do you do this? Or why do you do that? And if you really think about it a little bit, don't dwell on it. Don't let the past beat you up, but, but just take a deep breath and if you think about it, somewhere along the line, something's probably been spoken into their life. And now they're just living out what they've heard. Now, take you. Anyone here have any little glitches in your life? Any little inconsistencies? Any little issues? Again, there's three of them. Oh, there we go. Okay. When he talks about blessings and curses... Again, it's another sermon, so I'm not going to go. We are in the new year. We're going to talk. We're going to go into blessings and curses, and how does that affect our family, and and where do they, where do curses come from? For lack of a better way to say it, you know, and I'm not I'm not talking about like a witch curse, or I'm, I'm talking about things that we've done, or, or 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 things that we allowed to happen, or things that we saw or heard allows can allow literally a curse into our life. But the thing is, 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 is we, we look at what James is trying to tell us and we're, we're moving on. We just say, okay, James says, we bless God and we curse men who God created. We need to understand that I'm not, I want God's blessing. Don't you? I want his grace for my life. I mean, I know you do. You ever been hurt by something someone said to you? And, and that's something they said or times they've said it. Does it still come back sometimes? Now watch. We need to grab that those are probably the strongest strongholds we have in our life. The things that have been spoken into our life. Where we see ourselves struggling, where we see a stronghold, uh, example, it could be anger, it could be unforgiveness, it could be a low self-esteem, okay, I could go on and on, right? But where you see these strongholds in your life, I, I can almost guarantee you, again, I'm not God and not, not every circumstance is exactly the same, but for the majority of the times, these strongholds come from something 
that was spoken into your life. When you were a child, you're no good. You, you know, you get out of here. From a boss that never tells you, I'm not trying to pick on bosses, it just relates, you know. But from a boss that never tells you uh, how, good, how good of a job you did. I was, I was with a man that had worked at a place 30 years, and, and I don't speak names and, and, and ask permission to even speak stories like that. But he worked, not about 25 years, and, and he helped me out. He, he left his job, moved up here, and he's helping me out for a few weeks and I'm telling you, I'm telling you, the guy's awesome. He, he knows how to fix stuff and work with me. And I, it's just one of those things that connected him and I. And, and, and I'd say, man, thank you, thank you. Good job. And after about three days, he looked at me with tears in his eyes. And he said, I, the last place I worked for was 25 years. And not one time did my boss ever tell me that I did a good job. I just, I can't even fathom that. I can't even grab that. So even the lack of words matter. There's a time to praise God, which is always. But there's, there's, there's that place to give him glory. And there's that, there's that place to seek out in one another. When you see good and when you see God moving in someone's life, just like words can hurt, words can build up. And they can encourage. Now, I'm going full circle when I said, do you have this stronghold in your life? So full circle is this. Take those things that have been spoken into your life, the unforgiveness, the hurt, the pain, the anger. You guys, and put it on the altar. That's what he said. It's a trial that will never end. That stronghold will never end unless you get with God and say, God, I give this to you. Now, you might say, well, why, don't, why doesn't God just take it? Because then you, you wouldn't mature. I wouldn't mature if he just took it. I would take him for granted if he just took it. He goes, no, no, you're going to trust me? Well, of course I trust you. Then give me your anger. You're going to trust me? Well, of course I trust you. Then give me your unforgiveness because I've forgiven you. Give it to me. Well, Pastor Tony, that's how do you do that? I praise God for his word. Let's, let's go to verse 12 or 13. Who is wise and understanding among you, let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. The wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, then gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy. And good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who, say it, make peace. We have to engage what God's given us, guys. It doesn't happen automatically. The Word of God tells me, it goes right back again, where he says we're bitter envy and self-seeking and within our hearts, it stops us from getting through a trial. It stops us from, from uh, not entering into temptations. Bitter envy and self-seeking stops us from not having partiality because, because of my bitter envy and self-seeking. All of a sudden, I find myself being very partial to things. I don't see the world for what it is. I don't see my trial for what it is because it's all about me. That can be tough. 
So what does he say? He says, well, kind of like this. Anyone have confusion in your life? Okay, has anyone ever had confusion in your life? Yes. You think anyone will have confusion in the future? Okay. Be careful what you say and watch your heart. Here's what he says. He says, verse 6, no, let me, see, let me go to 17. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield. Now, now, now you see, he's saying quite a lot of things here. But um, let's take a couple. But the wisdom, God's word, the revelation the Spirit of God gives us, he gives us the knowledge that now the Spirit, the knowledge of his word, that now the Spirit of God can take that knowledge, his word, the word of God, and he can give us the revelation of what that word means how we can apply it to our life and the reality that God is in control. And then as we live it out, it's the wisdom he gives us that goes before us. Does that make sense? Raise your hand if, if, if you're up with me. Okay. I know, I know, I'm telling you, I think this is pretty deep. But then it says this. So how do you know? So if you're kind of wondering, Pastor Tony, what did you just say? <laughs> Here's how you can know if God's wisdom is what you're living by. First, it's pure. Right? I mean, if you're, if you're fixing to watch a movie or something or, or whatever, and you go, well, I wonder if I should watch this R-rated movie, that right across the thing it says there's nudity on the, on the tag. Should you? Is it pure? No. Should we watch it? No. Okay, he says, then is it peaceable, gentle? Okay, are you watching something that promotes peace? Is there peace in your heart about it, about what's going on? Is, are, are, you, are you willing to yield full of mercy? Are you willing to yield to what's going on? Someone says, this is the way it is. You don't agree. I'm not saying to do something stupid. But you understand what I mean, but you don't agree, but you, you just go, okay. I see the wisdom there. I, I'm going to trust God. And then he goes right back to this without partiality and without hypocrisy. Anyone here ever, have you ever been a hypocrite? Anyone? I'm just seeing if you're working this morning. Some of you are going, man, I'm raising my hand. And I'm just saying, you know, but we, we, all, be, we all have... I'm not claiming that, so you watch what you say, but, but we have that within us to be hypocritical. Again, because we, we, we're, we're trying to protect ourselves. If I project onto you and I feel like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my sin onto you, meaning so you don't see mine, and then I start projecting, and when projecting doesn't work, we usually start to become hypocritical. And what I mean by that is, okay, projecting didn't work. I tried to put the blame on everything else but me, but these trials and things are still coming against me. So now I'm, I'm, I'm going to just, I'm, I'm going to project. I'm going to start uh, blaming other people. And the next thing I'm going to go, you know what? Since it ain't working, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because you're all just a bunch of hypocrites. So now I can be one too. Come on. And I can enter in and do things that are wrong. And I can enter in because, you know what, that's just, I'm human. I'm only human. And God goes, no. He said, you know what, you, you have been made 
if you are a born-again believer, you have been made right in me. My righteousness dwells within you. You are not perfected, Tony. That's true. But as you confront these trials and these, these temptations in your life, and as you trust me and you work through them, and you start to have a heart that does not have partiality, and you start seeing people with my love, you start seeing the why are they treating you that way? It's because they hurt just like you hurt. And they've been hurt just like you've been hurt. And they've had things put into them just like you have. And they've got to that place just like you do, Tony, that, you, you know, they take it, they take it, they take it. And the next thing you know, you're the one that's in front of them that they just, boom, dump on. And I know that's not fair, but we're no different. None of us are. We're just not. <laughs> so I met a family this morning. It's awesome. It, actually, it's pretty awesome because it's, it's like it'd be a dream. That'd be awesome. A family of seven that's visiting this morning. You ready? Now, I don't know if I have the story exactly right. But they're in search of a sailboat. Because the family of seven is going to set course after they find this perfect boat that God's going to give them. They're going to set sail as a family around the world. Oh, for a year, I say? Oh, no, five. Now, they might not do that after they saw that video. I'm not sure. <laughs> you know, um, God has blessed us um, a lot here, having a lot of international visitors, a lot of people because of the area. I mean, a lot. I'm talking a few hundred a year, easy. And so people come here and they visit and then they go out all throughout the whole world. And, and seriously, I have, matter of fact, Miss Trish, I don't want to forget to do this. I'm going to do this right now. Would you take that nice family back there, my card? I'm serious. Keep us abreast of what God's doing in your life. The, the trials, the tribulations, the share his goodness, his grace. Because, because it's not just about us and it's about him and working around this world. That his grace extends beyond his body in any given place. And really like to be praying for you guys. It, it's, the adventure sounds awesome, but, but, but you will be going through a lot of James as you go more than any, probably most. And at the same time, with the most that we must persevere, the most we will be blessed the most we can grow and mature, the closer we can come to God. It's amazing. I love it. So be praying, family of seven, setting sail for up to five years. That's awesome. That's awesome. Is it pure, peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, merciful? Is there good fruits, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control? Do you see that? Because if not, back up, shut your mouth, and pray. You don't see these things, just shut the mouth and pray. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. John eight thirty one. Make you free. Make you free. It's by his grace. John 14, 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. 
The Bible tells us that the ultimate connection with God is by salvation. This is understanding that we all are sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of that sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. And all of a sudden in our life, we start hearing the truth of the Word of God, given by the revelation of the Spirit of God, that we are sinners separated from Him. But it was God's desire and His love that He would not keep it that way. But again, He doesn't just impose it on us. He doesn't impose Himself on us. He does want it to be by our free will. But He still reveals to us in our soul the need to be saved. And Romans 10, 9 says, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. Then you will be saved. John six forty, For this is the will of God, that he or she that looks upon the Son of God and believes in him shall be saved. God's very will is that we be saved. Receive that word today. If you're, someone says, I'm not sure if I'm saved, Pastor Tony, then it's almost certain you're not. Because God himself reveals to us our salvation. I mean, at the very least, again, take a deep breath and say, well, I'm not certain. Why? God, why? That's at the very least. And if you're here this morning and you're going, well, Pastor Tony, I, I know I'm not saved. I know I don't have that testimony that I've repented of my sin and I put my trust in Jesus as my Savior. Then do so now. Matter of fact, I, I believe this. I, I really do believe this, that at this point, that person probably has already if they're going to receive Christ as their Savior, even this morning. Just hearing the Scriptures out of Romans that we're sinners separated from God. It's God's will that we come to know him as Savior and that you can do so even now by repenting and believing, putting your trust in him. How do you do that, Pastor Tony? I don't know. A lot of people say it's a prayer. You know, pray, pray this. I can't really say. I mean, I, I know that I've prayed with a lot of people that are seeking to be saved, but only, only really God can reveal that to you. So it's like this. God, you're putting it on my heart. I'm a sinner separated from, from you. And I believe it's true because you're telling me it's true that you sent your son. You paid the penalty for my sin by dying on the cross. I mean, I've heard that. But you're just telling me it's true. I do repent. I turn from living life my way and I put my trust in you that I might live my life your way. 